to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. Plus, this holiday season, $35 or more gets you free shipping. $35 or more gets you free shipping. Actually, that's all day, every day. $35 or more free shipping. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Find me on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. Find me on the Evil Empire, of course, as well. Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm. Or follow me on my follower section, Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. That's where the live stream is. That's where you find my big dumb face. Uh, I stream live every week at Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm and on Twitch.tv slash Positive Sarcasm 1. Thank you all for liking and subscribing. Whew, I got a shitload of notes that are, as usual, all over the place. I got a brand new coffee by Laird Hamilton and Laird Superfoods that I want to uh, review with you. I got Q&A this week, some that I found on the internet, some that were sent straight to my uh, to my DMs or my comment section. It's uh, actually something about last week's podcast that I want to talk about on this week's podcast so that we can uh, move on with our lives. Not that this is a really big deal, but I wanted to get it out of the way because I wanted one of the things about this podcast that I really wanted to jump into was more Q&A. I want to talk to you guys and find out about the random shit that's going on in your head. The stupid questions that maybe you were too afraid to ask or maybe you didn't have the answer to or maybe you wanted a second opinion on it, uh, What maybe why it burns while you pee. I don't know. Whatever it is that you were thinking of, I, I'm... I'll, I can help. I want to research it with you and see where it takes us. And, and, and you never know because it may be something you are just maybe curious on. Okay. Like I said, I've talked about this in several podcasts, uh, several, several podcasts. So this is being, what's this is the 91st episode coming up on week 900, week, week 100, pretty strong. Um, boy, I'm, I'm on like six hours of sleep. I was expecting a phone call uh, last or a text last night. It never came. Uh, neither did I. <laughs> that was an easy joke to go to. It was really easy. Um, speaking of that, now gets that later. Anyways, so I, my my advice to everybody is: if you have a thought or a question or an idea in your head, write it down or go ask it. That way, you can get it out of your way. You can get that stupid thought out of your way and let something else grow in its place. Or it could be something brilliant that comes to mind. You ask the question or you write it down and something new grows in its place that attaches itself to the thought that you just previously had and it turns into a, chain, re- tra- 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 a chain reaction and really a new career or a new hobby or what have you can come of it. This is why you write shit down. This is why you ask questions. Okay, you should always be... I was just watching the... Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson sat down with for an hour-long interview with Ben Shapiro this week. Two guys who I never thought would be sitting in the same room with each other. And I thought the actual sit-down was compelling, thought-provoking, uh, and it was just great to see those two having a conversation together, one being a conservative political commentator uh, and a Twitter jackass, but an overall decent dude, and <laughs> one being an astrophysicist with a big ego, and those two coming together and having a talk. Where was I going with this? Shit, I don't remember. But the idea is that they they sat down, they had a conversation, random ideas, and I have no actually no idea. I fucking shit. See, this is what happens when you don't get eight hours of sleep. This stuff like this happens. You know, you start the engine, then you pull out of the driveway, you're ready to gun it, and then the fucking car stalls out because you forgot to put gas in it, or or you're terrible on five speeds, or something like that. But the idea of at least getting something going, writing it down. Okay, writing it down would have been nice because if I would have wrote this initial thought down, I wouldn't have forgot about it or I could have looked at my notes and I would have given it to you The and we would have had a completed process. Instead, we got this fumbled pass, dropped in the end zone, turnover on downs. Nice job, Jay. Way to fuck it up for everybody. This is why you write stuff down. Anyways, 
So this week I got Q&A about what is a churro. I want to review Laird Hamilton's coffee. Coffees that are coming up on deck that I'm going to be getting reviewing for you folks. Also, I was going to be reviewing chips because chips are just one of those things when you go to, like when you go to a party or something like that, and you go to a party and there's always like a bowl of chips. There's always that one goddamn bag of chips that you know there's going to be food or ribs or chicken or foie gras. Look it up. And you're all excited, but you're so excited to, to eat something cool that there, there's always that one rogue bag of chips sitting there, and you just start diving into it. The next thing you know, your glucose levels just they rise really quickly, and then they crash. And then the next thing you know, when the actual food comes, you're already tired, and you're full from all the crappy chips you ate. It just kills the whole, the whole point of going there, so... I was going to talk about chips, but since I was going to talk about coffee a little bit more, like I usually do, I wanted to uh, also wanted to review some coffee desserts. Not coffee-flavored desserts, but desserts that I would prefer or recommend if you were going to have with a coffee. Okay, I don't necessarily recommend cakes, but um, we did on last week's part. I got asked via Instagram, what is a churro? Because we talked about churros last week, and, and the the root cause of that was because I bought Twizzlers to go see the movie Joker, which is great. Five out of five stars. You have to see it. Debate me on it. Um, but I bought, instead of buying the, the old school Twizzlers or the Twizzler Bites, which are actually really good, I bought strawberry smoothie filled Twizzlers, which are, and the, the insides of them are terrible. Okay? Gross. Don't, just discontinue them. But I compared it to like when you have a churro. A churro is a, a, cub, a Cubano or Mexican or Spanish either breakfast, pastry, or dessert. And it's very simplistic in its style. But then they're filling them and dipping them in chocolate and putting freaking, you know, sugar semen right down the middle of it. And it drips out of it. And it's just a mess. So I was like, don't overdo it. The simplistic, the simplistic recipe or method that you originally had for the churro or, you know, slash Twizzler, they taste completely different, by the way, is what makes it so great, the simplicity of it. Because with a churro, you dip it in your coffee or you have a bite with your coffee because when you dip it, it softens up a bit and then you get some of that cinnamon and sugar in your coffee and you get the coffee flavor in the churro. But then I got to ask, what is a churro? I'm like, uh-huh, all right. Well, a churro, its flavor profile is... Uh, it can be slightly chewy or crunchy, depending upon how you like it. It's a uh, it or its origins are Spain or Mexico, and it's generally fried in oil, then chopped up, and it has it's sprinkled or dipped, rolled in cinnamon and sugar. Sometimes you put a little powdered you you drop a little powdered sugar on there. You know you pop you know you hit that little thingy and the powdered sugar falls out, and then you can have it that way. But for the most part. You shouldn't go beyond that with a churro because then it just gets gluttonous and you feel you feel gross after having it. Whereas a little tiny churro with a small Cubano coffee and then boom, you're 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 flying high for the day. So what is a churro? Well, after doing some extensive research, i.e. Hit, uh, typing in churro on Google and two seconds later Wikipedia pops up, here is the extensive answer. A churro... Spanish pronunciation, turo, or juro, a Portuguese pronunciation. It's a fried dough pastry, okay? It's fried dough pastry. Uh, churros are traditional in Spain and Portugal from where they originate, as well as the Philippines and Iber Ibero-America. They are also consumed in South... Okay, whatever. France and blah, 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 blah. Immigration, Spanish, Portuguese, blah, 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 blah. In Spain, churros can either be thin and sometimes knotted or long and thick. That's what she said. Where they are known as porras in some region. They are originally eaten for breakfast, dipped in champurado, hot chocolate, dolce, le dolce de leche, or cafe con leche. Sugar is often sprinkled on top. Great! Now, it looks like, it does. It, it looks like a... A Mexican breadstick, basically. Okay? And it's it's a simple... It's a very, very simple... Uh, Non-filling... You know, it won't bloat you. Like, you can have a donut or something, like a bagel or, or what have you. Like a giant Danish. 
I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm into the Danish with the morning coffee thing. I'm not sure I'm really into that. But a churro is light, whereas with especially with a a, a, a cubano, or excuse me, cubano style coffee, with a cubano style coffee, that shit is dark, heavy. Um, it's very rich and it, it's a very small. Generally, you have that. They'll put cream and sugar, sugar in it. I generally just have it all black because it's super, super bitter, like an espresso. And generally, that pairs well with a nice, sweet, cinnamony churro. So it basically is a fried dough breadstick type of thing that's usually ribbed, and it generally gets it generally gets squeezed into the the the, the oil, and then it generally makes like a little bow tie, and then you just maybe sprinkle a little sugar on it. That's it. It's I'm over explaining how friggin' simple this dessert is. And it's quite good. Now the cinnamon and sugar thing is not new for morning coffee. That dates back to um Drake's coffee cakes. Drake's coffee cakes is the shit. Drake's coffee cake, a little tiny coffee cake that it's a it's a little a little tiny cake on the bottom, like a cupcake, but on the top it has these little cinnamon cr- cinnamon sugar crumbles. Some of them fall into the into the coffee when you drink. If you dip it, you don't have to, generally not. Or uh, and then for yeah, that's that's the best. In my opinion, that's the best way to have morning coffee is a little tiny Drake's coffee cake. They're like they're like 25 50 cents. I think a little Debbie makes them, but they're known by Drake's. Okay. Now if you were to extend your palate and you wanted to say the morning coffee thing is sacred to me, it is. Okay, that's my going to synagogue and praying. That's that's how sacred my morning coffee is to me. That moment in time that I feel like I've earned it. Don't take this away from me. Okay? Whether I have it before I go to the gym or after, that moment is sacred to me. You know, and a lot of the times it the the it's silent that's a moment in silence and that silence could be anywhere from like a half hour to a full hour just sitting there drinking coffee no drama no bullshit okay you never you don't make any huge life decisions that at that very moment or at least until you finished your cup of coffee okay after that you can decide to end a relationship Start one, start a business, rob a bank, doesn't matter. Do it after you finish the coffee, okay? Not in mid. Give the coffee its due. So as far as like my preferred favorite coffee desserts or morning pastries, I have several of them that I prefer, all right? A coffee cake, a Drake's coffee cake is my, I think, ultimate go-to. But like I said, it's a lot, it's a wide audience, I'll get to the Laird's Hamilton's bold roast in a minute, but okay. Another one that I like, I, there's not a lot of cakes on here. Everything's mostly, it's varied. So let's see. Angel food cake, not devil's food, angel food. The reason I like angel food is it's light. It doesn't take away from the coffee. It actually, it it's absorbent of the coffee. And angel food cake is just light and delicious to begin with. If somebody gives you a whole angel food cake, you can eat the whole goddamn thing just by yourself because you fat piece of shit. Um, so angel food cake, I think, is a perfect light cut. Is excellent with a light roast, medium roast, uh, hazelnut, a- a- vanilla bean, whatever. It doesn't matter. A dark roast. Angel food cake is definitely a way to go. Another go- classic go-to, if you find the right one. See, Entenmann's makes black and white cookies too, but their black and white cookies are small. And I and it's the cheap way to go. A real black and white cookie. And I'm it's exactly how you'd expect it to look. It is a cookie with frosting on top. One side is black, the other side is white. So chocolate and like white chocolate or vanilla. And it's basically like a giant cake top that's I'd say three or four inches in diameter. And then you just have, of course, the the covering on the top, but it's it's thick and doughy in the middle. And is it technically a cookie? Yeah, or like a really really tiny compressed cake. But because it has that very cakey uh, texture to it, it's amazing in a dipped. It's amazing dipped in coffee or as a side piece to 
uh, any type of roast. And it's one of my favorite delish. It's one of my favorite, and it's the one of the most simplistic. Simplicity is the key when it comes to having some with your coffee. A piece of cheesecake or a raspberry cheesecake, it can easily go sideways and ruin the idea of just having the coffee. But you can you can do that, but the idea is to have something a little bit smaller that complements. Because after a big meal or something like that, a big fucking piece of cake or or what have you, uh, like a spilliadella or something, that can that can push you over the limit. Whereas a smaller black and white or or a piece of coffee cake, you're gold you're golden. Coffee cake, Drake's coffee cake doesn't matter. That should allow you to slide into home safely. So a black and white cookie, go to. Um, for the Guidos, cannolis. Uh, whether it be chocolate chip or just classic cannolis. Or, you know, ganoli, if you really, you know, if you really hit the seaside heights. The, the cannoli is a classic go-to that has a nice, it has a, sh- has a hard shell, and then it's just completely filled with cream. And it's not the cream that if you've never had a cannoli, it's not the cream you be used to. I suggest uh, going to an actual Italian pastry place. If you were in Boston, you'd go to um, you'd go to Moderns, cash only, by the way, which is over on off of, just on Hanover Street on the North End, or in in your in New York, basically Google it. Just go make a right, and I'm sure you'll find some place, probably in Brooklyn. Uh, and then try, and then try one, and then pair it with a coffee. Now, so but a but a cannoli is an absolute go-to, and depending upon the places, they make smaller ones, they make large ones. Hell, they even make cannoli cakes. Um, as far as donuts go, try not to go too crazy with your donut. Uh, a classic donut's fine, but a classic is also boring. It would really have to be a, a um a fresh, right out of the wherever donuts come from donut. In order for me to say okay, but for the most part, right now, right now at this very moment, this the, the the idea of a of a plain donut is hurting my teeth. So I'm gonna steer away from that. I don't know why, I don't know why that texture in the thought of the texture in my head is hurting my teeth. But a blueberry donut. Now we're talking blueberry donuts, or they call them blueberry cake donuts. Blueberry cake donuts have a little bit of glaze on them. They got that slight blueberry flavor to them. Those are perfect with a cup of coffee. That's fantastic. Or if you want to get a little edgy, you go with a glaze. Glazed donut is the shit too because the glaze, when you dip it in the hot coffee, a little bit of that dip, that sugar from the glaze melts and goes into the coffee and you can't lose. You really can't lose. So a blueberry or a glaze. Now for ice cream, I say if you're going to go with an ice cream, skip ice cream altogether and go for gelato. Gelato, there's far less air. It's a higher quality of, of cream. And remember, when you actually go and get gelato, if it's on display, generally if it's on display, it's not going to be as good. Because generally when you have gelato, it shouldn't be exposed to too much air. Now, obviously, if you have it on display, you want to show people what it is. But for the most part, real, ge- true gelato, you don't see it. Go, they go out back. They open up the thing, they get the scoop, they put it in the thing. Uh, and generally with gelato flavors, the flavors are more robust and intense, like a pistachio or a stracciatella. Uh, that, those are the two I recommend if you're going to get uh, co- coffee and gelato together. But gelato, has that's a great pairing with any cup of coffee. My recommendation, you can actually get a scoop of gelato in an all-black roast or or with an espresso, and you're baller. There's a name for that, actually. I just can't remember what it is. So, yeah, gelato, pistachio, or stracci. But it's up to you uh, what flavor you want. Now, if you do like the idea of pistachio, but you don't want to get it in gelato, you can get it in a cookie. Also at Modern's off in Hanover Street, they kind you can get pistachio and little macaroons. Little macaroons are tiny and expensive, an intense flavor, but it's a quick bite, or you can get it in a pistachio cookie. I generally don't recommend, like, I don't like to have cookies with co- with, with coffee. I don't know. It just seems kind of fucking juvenile. But for the most part, 
a pistachio cookie, that's the way that's the way to handle it. Dip or no dip. It has its own flavor, it can hold its own. Pistachio cookie or if you are a little more traditional old world depression style, you can go with a pignoli cookie. But that's a, that's more of a deep cut. That's like track 9 on like who's like on the who's first or second album. Now, I don't know what actually just to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know what track 9 on who's first or second album is. I don't know if it's fucking Bobo O'Reilly or whatever. If it is, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've disrespected the who fanatics. A uh, couple more heavy hitters. Well, not, actually, not so much heavy hitters. If you, if you like a little spoon with your dessert and your coffee, you can go with something called flan or creme brulee. Flan is a little more eggy, uh, it's, but it's not heavy. It's not rich. The idea is we don't want to put a bomb in your stomach with this coffee. Coffee with, most, with some plenty of people can be a bomb in itself, so you want to have a lighter dessert. Look at me getting all culinary and stuff. I should have Martha Stewart as a guest. Bitch won't return my phone calls. Oops, spilled some of my coffee. Oh, no. But flan, flan is a light and delicious dessert. Very, uh, that's, that's a perfect complement of coffee. Creme brulee is basically just butter and sugar. Butter and burnt sugar. Okay. So that's what that is. But uh, is it rich? Yes. But I wouldn't call it heavy. Generally, creme brulee is served in small portions. So I think it would be a good side dish for uh, a good cup of joe. Generally, like a lavazza or an Illy's type of coffee. Uh, pudding, I guess you could have pudding. I don't see why not. If you're having, you know, like flan or creme brulee, I don't see where, or gelato, I don't see where pudding would be an issue. Pudding's pretty light, so we can go with that. Custard, custard, same thing. Custard is great. Custard is so underrated as a, as a dessert. I don't understand it. It goes great with, with, uh, with cannoli crusts and, and sfigliadels and just in, in cakes and pies. It's incredible. And with coffee, it's an ultimate side piece. So definitely get yourself some custard. Now, the real one that could be argued is tiramisu. Tiramisu already has that coffee brandy flavor dipped, you know, lady fingers inside of it. So I don't know if you are, a, first of all, you have to be a tiramisu fan. That's number one. Number one, you have to be a fan of tiramisu. Number two, that tiramisu better be damn good because people fuck tiramisu up all the time. Okay, all the time. But do I personally like it? Yes, I do like tiramisu. Um, so tiramisu, a, a small, properly made tiramisu with some coffee, I think would be okay. I think it would be acceptable. Okay. But those are, once again, uh, coffee cake, angel food, black and white cookies, cannolis, blueberry or glazed donuts, gelato, pistachio cookies, macaroons. Uh, flan, creme brulee, pudding, custard, and tiramisu. So I think those would be a good go-to. Now, notice how I didn't say Danish. I didn't say Danish or I didn't say Kanish. I didn't say anything like that. Um, I did have a good one down when I was in San Francisco, heated up and stuff like that. The bear claw wasn't any good, but the Danish was good. But eh, I don't know. It seems a bit heavy. It's a little too much. Now, don't get me wrong. Flaky desserts with you know desserts with flaky crusts, pretty tasty, like a sfigliadelle or a uh, a French horn or something like that. They're good, but I don't know. I don't know. I had to think about it. But for the most part, the ones I just named off, go tos, automatic go tos. Oh, that's right. I got a dog sit tomorrow. Oh, that's right. I get the dog sit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that just came up. I'm just trying to. Hey, just trying to make money wherever I can, you know. This empire isn't going to run itself. Um, okay, but this coffee. All right, so I've been. I've got coffees that are on deck. The Laird Hamiltons uh, Dark Roast, the Laughing Man uh, Coffee by Heath Ledger. Not Heath Ledger. He's fucking dead. Um, Hugh Jackman. There we go. Yeah, so Hugh Jackman's, he's paired up with a coffee company and stuff like that. So he's got his own roast. I'll be trying that out. Black Rifle. Black Rifle is another one I'm going to be uh, re- uh, reviewing on the podcast. And El Colombiano's Dark Roast. I reviewed El Colombiano a long time ago on this podcast. He's out of Medford or Brookline, Mass. And I had, first of all, the greatest smelling coffee I've ever had. But I feel that the medium roast, which he preferred, I felt it was a little too weak for my palate because I mostly drink my coffee black. Now, here's the thing. A lot of times, you're not going to get all the flavor that you're hoping for 
when you drink coffee like right out like right off the pot or when you just poured it and stuff like that you have to let it cool down a little bit until you get all the notes now when i did let this cool down a little bit and for full discretion i did put a little coconut oil in this since it's laird hamilton and he's all about superfoods put a little coconut oil in here you know but i have to say for being a little ridiculous with my with my coffee preferences i have to say Laird Hamilton's uh, Dark Roast. This is organic Peruvian, which is awesome. Whole bean, which means I gotta, which means I gotta grind it. Uh, dark Roast. All right, so you got my attention. So you have all the makings for a three star coffee, three out of five stars. However, it's got notes. Notes are good. Notes are those little subtle hints of maybe berry or honey or hazelnut or. Other things that take that coffee to the next level. Those little things you look for in when you go to spend money on a coffee, other than just tasting that harshness, that bitterness, uh, that makes you just want to put sugar and cream on it. So, but with this coffee, you get subtle notes that make you want to take the foot off the pedal and take the coffee, take this blend into the next level. The stuff you want from a bold roast. When you buy a bold, dark roast, you want that fucking coffee to have some nut to it. And for me, the Laird Hamilton's coffee really does have a, a strong, smooth flavor that holds better than the Cameron's that I had last week. The Cameron's did, when I blended it with a little bit of that woodshed roast, actually was okay. But when I want a dark roast, I want more than okay. I want a real coffee that... I, that yeah, I want a real coffee with some, with some significant notes to it. That if I wanted to add cream or sugar or modify or just want to drink it black, it's going to deliver. And for me, this Laird Hamilton stuff, yeah, I'll plug them all day long. I, I'm a fan of it. I give it four out of five stars. It's a very good coffee, and it's not ridiculously expensive. I think I with a promo code, there's a promo code out there. If you go hunting for it, hunting, if you go hunting for it, you can save a few bucks, and you can have it for between 12 and 15 bucks. Now, another plus is... It comes all the way from Oregon, but it gets here really quickly. Like, it got here yesterday. I bought it on Friday, I think, and it was already shipped out, and it was here in a couple days. Now, that does matter because I didn't. you can spend a ton of money on shipping and have it here quicker, but I had the bare minimum shipping on it. Now, they do have minimum orders that get you free shipping, but I just bought it and wanted to buy this, and that's it. I know he's got, he's got other stuff. Laird Hamilton's, Laird Superfood Company, they've got, you know, all kinds of other superfoods and stuff that they have. A lot like Onnit does. So you definitely check that out. Uh, Laird's Superfood. Let me see. Laird's Superfood. I got a website. Go check it out. Uh, let's see. Oh, Laird. L-A-I-L-A-I-R-D superfood.com. And this is from, let me see. Let me read their little their little shtick here. Peruvian dark roast crafted with premium certified organic fair trade coffee beans. Uh, our handpick HB class are grown at a high altitude above 4,000 feet, wet processed, carefully dried to enhance flavor, and slow drum roasted in small batches to ensure our coffee provides a consistent, rich, bold, and complex profile. Now, the coffee I would compare it to is Aroma Joe's coffee. So when you open this roast, you have that nice oily, there's a little tiny oil slick that's over each and every coffee bean, just like the Aroma Joe's. And when you have that, you know you're, you're, there's a lot of freshness and flavor preserved within each bean. So when you go to grind it, it's game time. So I, this is the blue. They have, they have lighter roast. I think they have a vanilla bean roast or whatever. But go to Laird Hamilton's uh, website, LairdSuperfood.com, and uh, check it out. They've also got you know keto creamers and all other jazz, but totally worth it. Four out of five stars. Great coffee. I love it. I would totally order from them again if I wasn't reviewing shitloads of coffee. So, yeah, LairdSuperfood.com. Thanks, guys. Uh, and I appreciate uh, appreciate you making a good product. So let's put that right back here. Okay. Where are we at? 29 minutes? Let me take this last sip before I pour another drink. Mm -mm. Yum. Let's see here. Grab some more coffee. So we went over. Come on. Hold on. Wait. Maybe patient. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that chewed up a good 20 seconds. So we went over what a churro is. 
and now I apparently have to bring him to a dinner party in November. We went over my favorite coffee desserts that I prefer. Not coffee-flavored desserts, desserts that go with coffee. Uh, we talked about uh, coffees on deck. Which coffee? Let's see. It's got notes. Okay, so that's that. Which one am I going to buy next? I think I'm going to order the El Colombiano either next week or the week after that, depending upon that. Uh, and then let's go. Oh, yeah. You know what? I wanted to get to this Q&A stuff because there was a couple of things on here that, you know, not triggered me, but got my attention. All right. Let me move this out of the way. Let's grab the laptop and let's get after it. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm organized. Actually, I am organized. So what do you think about that shit? All right. Um... Sites that I generally get my information from. Generally, if I'm going to look at news organizations, very seldomly do I go off script, unless I'm going through dig.com. Dig is basically just a resource. They All their articles come from different websites, whether it's New York Times or CNET or Vox. Uh, generally, there are certain websites that I don't go to for any type of news article or op-ed pieces. Vox is one of them. Vice is another one. New York Times is not is one of them. Is two. Even I don't see any articles there from Barry Weiss. But generally speaking, Vox and Vice, BuzzFeed are sites I don't get. The Atlantic, Washington Post, those are sites I don't go to news in, information for. Generally, I'm trying to look for insightful, interesting things. But Dig has this great thing on there. I mean, besides Rogue Rocket and CNET, Dig has this great thing here, uh, a section called Q and A. And it's all kinds of interesting uh, questions that are asked. So I wanted to go over some Q&A information here now that we're at 31 minutes and 27 seconds and counting. And I wanted to go through some of these Q&As. Let's see. That one I have no idea. So let's see. Okay. 31. Okay. Actually, yeah. All right. Let's do a warm-up first, and then we'll go to another. And then we'll go to the one I wanted to. So here's a Q&A. Question. Should I invite 20 of my online dating matches to a meet and greet? I'm going to read that again. Should I invite 20, 20 of my online dating matches to a meet and greet? A bit about me. I am in my 30s, female, single, and looking for something serious. I've done online dating. I've done online dating off and on over the past 10 years. I've had some great experiences and some not so great. Who am I kidding? So I'm just going to read this word for word so I don't paraphrase here. Yeah. I've had some nightmares. I'm tired of investing a lot of time getting to know someone through online messaging and then it goes nowhere. Or spending hours getting ready for a date. After the requisite getting to know you through online messaging, only to find out mid-date that he's already in a 15-year relationship and thought I'd be cool with non-monogamy. So a hookup. Uh, I had this great idea. I'd send a message to all my prospective matches, guys who I matched with, hadn't had a conversation with yet, and tell them that I'd like to save us both time and effort, so I'm hosting a meet and greet session. Speed dating. Uh, basically, the bachelorette. Okay, I'm, I've got to save my opinion towards the end here. Come on, Jay. Stay disciplined. I plan to be at a certain coffee spot on a certain date and time, and they are welcome to stop by and meet me, but this invite will be sent to about 20 other people so they know going in other guys may be there i figure a handful will actually show but it's so it's a useful way to meet a few guys and also weed out others is this idea crazy am i going to attract the wrong type of guy or no guys or all the guys should i just play the dating game as it's been established and hope for the best okay so they this person writes back uh let's see they pre, uh, Dan Savage predicts that few men will be interested in this proposition. I mean, why would you want to wait in line of 20 women for five minutes alone with a man who didn't think based on your profile? That you were worth a quick DM exchange and a short solo coffee date, he asks. Do you not see the implicit insult built into the ask? That's his initial, That's the beginning of his response. Okay. Sh can she do this? Yeah, she can. As long as she lets them know. If you were a guy and you knew this going in, would you would you show up? I personally would not. But then again, what the fuck do I know? I'm on this I'm on this one-year celibacy kick. I only got two months to go, actually. I'm actually doing pretty good. Um, but would you go as a guy? I personally wouldn't. Just no. Okay, I'm, I'm, not, in, I'm not into that. It, it, there's no, there's, no. There's no point in it. 
no matter how weird it is, how I don't know, but I'm going to guess no matter how weird it may or may not be out there in this dating world now where the only way for you to get, you know, uh, somebody's digits or actually meet them is to go through Bumble or Tinder or fucking eHarmony or Jewmatch.com. I have no idea. I don't know how this works now. I don't, it doesn't, I don't understand it. I don't dive really into it. Uh, actually, I've ditched it pretty much altogether. So I don't know how this works, but I think in, just in general, if you were to meet somebody and they said, hold on, I got 20 other guys here. Uh, I'm not into that meet and greet orgy. I would, I'd just steer clear of it. I would, I just wouldn't even bother. I mean, the same thing as you walk into a bar and there's just a random girl there and, and like 20 guys are just lining up to try to hit on her. Is it really worth your time and effort? Are we, I mean, is it that at that point where we're trying to, you got a bunch of dudes trying to climb Everest and there's a line to the summit and they're all, or they're all standing there trying to pull the sword from the stone. Does it really have to be a deal? Does does she really have to treat guys like it's a fucking deli counter? And is it really that hard? If it is, why are we doing it? Why? Why even bother? Maybe I'm just too nihilistic about the whole situation, but why would you do it? Why would you waste your time? And that's the thing. It is all about time. She is trying to uh, save time and effort. But I don't know this girl. I don't know how much time and effort she's actually putting into herself for me to want to think about putting time in her. I mean, so it, it it does go both ways, but if I was the guy, I wouldn't go. So if all if all 20 of these guys didn't go, then she's going to look like the idiot. Now, she's asking the question, which is fine. That's the whole point. Fine. Better to ask the question than go through the then go through the this ask the stupid question instead of going through with the stupid action. So, my my opinion, don't go through with it, and if you were a guy and she did go through with it, don't show up. Okay. So, good on her for asking the question. Okay. Here's the next one. Uh, nope, I don't care about that one. Uh, I don't care about that one. Let's see. Uh, nope, don't give a shit. Okay. I got something to say about this one. Ha- question. How can I get a man of all ages... How can I get men of all ages to stop adjusting their crotches all the time? I'll say it. Yeah. No. I, you heard me say it. As a woman, I am infuriated by men of all... Oh, I want to use one of those voices. As a woman, I am infuriated by men of all ages who have to adjust their crotches all the time. Is there any way we can tell these men to stop with... Men, men that what they're doing is vulgar and embarrassing and it's rude to do this in public i'm almost tempted to caress my breasts with both hands and push upward but i guess that would be worse any ideas okay abigail van Buren explains that it's uncomfortable when men's genitalia gets pinched in their clothes it's only natural that they re- reflect reflexively try to remedy the situation she writes because if it bothers you so much try looking elsewhere she's right it's fucking annoying walking around with these goddamn things. Big, small, don't matter. One, two, none, matter. It's extra shit that we gotta deal with, and sometimes they like to stay in one place. And the only way for us to actually get them out of there is just by physical force. Sometimes we have to go in there and evict them from the position that they're in. Okay? No, you don't belong here. You belong here. Okay? And sometimes, on a full moon, one of them decides to escape. Use your imagination on that one. But it's a thing that's out there that sometimes is uncontrollable, and we got to deal with it. And sometimes we got to deal with it at that moment. Okay? Now, there are companies out there and, and economy, not economies, but marketing teams out there and clothing designers, they go out of their way to make that situation as comfortable and as as you know less publicly embarrassing because believe me dudes don't want to be we don't want to be walking around moving our junk around 
We don't want to be doing that. We don't want to be walking down the street, having a good groove, but on a hot summer day, next thing you know, the, the humidity heats, the next thing you know, we got to wiggle the twiggle in the berries out of the way, and maybe some chick is watching. It's one of those things we'd rather not do, okay? Like when a chick is in, a, in the gym and she's adjusting her bra. I'd rather not be distracted, but it happens, I notice, and I move on with what I'm doing. Probably chest, too. Because she's doing, I mean, okay, anyways. So, she's doing it. Okay, fine. We move on. it. I don't say anything about it. I don't say anything about it. I just move on with it. And I know in UK, there was some bitch who fucking was pouring, like, bleach or something on dudes' crotches who would would spread their legs because we are, it's how our hips are designed, so our legs naturally open up when we're sitting. Okay. So we have, you know, when you have an Audi, you need to give it roomy and we have to adjust stuff. Okay. Believe me, we spend lots of money and specialty underwear and breathable pants. And sometimes we just go completely commando. So believe me, we don't want to do it, but we also don't want to get shit from you when we do try to do it. So it may be vulgar to you, but. Nobody cares what you fucking think. Because here's the thing. If she questioned us about why we do it, that's one thing. But here's what she says. As a woman, so she's already identifying herself, I'm infuriated. Infuriated. She's infuriated, which means she's furious. She's angry at men for doing this. Okay? She finds it vulgar and embarrassing. We gotta fucking deal with it, not you. Because you have to see it, it's your problem. Bitch, fuck you. We have to deal with it. It's our problem, okay? We have to deal with it every single day. I'm dealing with it right now. And I'm in a comfortable-ass blue recliner. And I got to move and shake some stuff right now. But I'm not doing it. Or maybe I am and you don't know it. But I am holding one cup of coffee in one and I got a pen in the other. Okay? But I'm not going to... But I am eventually going to have to, you know, shuffle some papers. But, hey, if you are infuriated and you think it's vulgar and embarrassing, are you the same girl who freaking is trying to get 20 guys to show up at a coffee shop so you can speed date? So, yeah, there's not much we can do about it. We have to do it. Otherwise, we would just get... It's like that itch you have to scratch. If you have an itch in your back that just gets worse and worse and more agitated, you either but you don't have an ice pack to cool it down, we got to scratch at it. That's what it is. It's that itch you have to scratch and we have to do it. Boy, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm in fear. Okay. So there's that. Uh, and then I think that was the ones I wanted to get over. Yeah. So those are the, those are the Q and A's that I want to jump out at. But so yeah, my advice to the girl who was going to do 20 dates at one time. Uh, yeah. Don't go through with it. If you're a guy, uh, don't show up. And the girl who's pissed off about dudes moving their crotches around all the same stuff, all the same stuff. You don't know. You don't know. You haven't been there. So don't talk. Okay. So anyway, we are at 43 minutes. I want to get to some articles, but before we do, if you were a gaming nerd back in the day, or you were in first or second grade back before the many millennials ruined everything, uh, Archive.org just released like 2,500 old school video games that maybe you never had a chance to experience or kit, stuff that I used to, like Apple the, the, when the Apple II came out, when 386 Tandies were a thing, uh, you were still playing games on DOS, um, but they just released like 2,500 tit- titles that you can play for free. Uh the original Oregon Trail, the 1992 version of Oregon Trail, Pac-Man, Prince of Persia. Uh, I'm just reading a couple of the titles. Wolfenstein 3D, Doom 2, uh, Batman, Donkey Kong, Mario Brothers, Castle Wolfenstein, Indiana Jones, Test Drive, the original few Test Drives, Centurion, just just Duck uh, DuckTales, Jazz Jackrabbit. Uh, let's see what else. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of them here. There's like I don't know like sixty pages worth of this shit. Paperboy, 
There's just a bunch of games. So go to archive.org. It's in the software library for MS-DOS games. And there's probably games that you used to play here as a kid and you absolutely love. Definitely check them out. So I, that's, uh, I mean, you could scroll for ages. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Manhattan. That game was the shit back in the day. F-14 Tomcat. Advanced Tactical Air Command. Man, this is stuff I used to play forever ago on a computer that no longer exists. Sad. Where in the USA is Carmen San Diego? I used to blow that game to pieces. Uh, Hocus Pocus, App yeah, Apogee doesn't even exist anymore. But yeah, go to archive.org and check that out. There's a bunch of awesome games. So if <coughs> you're bored at work or you're sitting on a plane or something like that and you want to blast through a game or whatever, there you can go to archive.org and there are a ton of games that you can cruise through. So definitely check that out. Um, let's see. How are uh let's see what what articles do I want to get to? Let's see, I got like two or three here. We're at 45 minutes, so let's just start with the one that's in front of me. We'll go, we'll just start with this. All right, this is a uh, Mel magazine, M-E-L magazine. There's no let's see, by Eddie Kim, six days ago. This one is about uh how hard is it to feed a family of four these days? Wrap it. Hard but not hard as it uh, as hard as it it's about to be. Ooh, okay foreshadowing okay it's hard for a lot of people to put food on the table for a family of four unfortunately it's probably going to get worse for context the average four person family spent about 731 dollars a month for a quote low-cost meal plan according to a 2017 survey from the usda that definition requires buying more staple foods like dry grains and legumes or beans as you know, finding discounts on pricey proteins and avoid eating and avoiding eating out the basics of budgeting. Uh, in other words, in theory, it should be easier than ever for Americans to put meals on the table every day. While food prices have skyrocketed since the turn of the 20th century, we spend a smaller proportion of our money on groceries of our groceries than our grandparents did. The average household. Whew. The average household spends today about 10.5% of their income on food. Back in 1900, the number was closer to 50%. Yeah, but their life expectancy was dog shit. Um, there was far more famine and other, it was way more other issues, okay? But let me continue on. The number was closer to 50%. Other quality of life standards have trended way up too, whether it's access, access to medical care or the economic upsides brought on by the internet revolution. Okay. And yet, despite all that progress, one in six Americans report running out of food once a year or more. A stark contrast to our neighbors in Europe, where a number is more like in tw one in 20. Overall, the number of people in the country going hungry on any given day has ballooned to 48 million, million a two, uh, per a 2012 report. I feel like there's a lot of holes in the plot of this story. But I'll continue. That's five times the number surveyed in the late 1960s and a jump of 57% since the late 1990s. The growth of private soup kitchens and food banks helped contextualize that crisis too. An industry of just a few hundred programs in 1980 is now a network of 60,000 hubs of emergency food distribution. Why is this happening? The factors for each family struggle is a unique fingerprint, but economists and other experts going point to a common enemy. We're not making enough money. This is not your grandmother's hunger. A sociologist of City University of New York told National Geographic, Today working people and their families are hungry because wages have declined. I'm sorry, what? Food insecurity is a tricky beast, supported and contradicted by a national statistics on poverty, race, and class. Unlike the stereotype of the jobless person with food stamps, two-thirds of hungry children have at least one working adult providing for them, usually with a full-time gig, while black and Latino workers are struggling with a national wage gap. A huge proportion of hungry households are still white. Food insecurity is found in rich and poor neighborhoods in urban cities and rural villages. And it's killing us as the scrabble for sustenance often creates diets full of cheap processed foods as well as existential, existential stress, trouble paying medical bills and beyond. Few, quote, food insecurity is a national health care crisis. Craig Gunderson laid research for Hunger Relief Organization. Feeding a miracle told the use of news. Why are these things going to get harder? Continuing wage stagnation and the impact of wealth inequality in the U.S. certainly. But the biggest threat, thanks to the phenomenon impacting communities all over the world is climate change. Uh, so it talks about how heat waves have hurt rice and wheat production, um, threatened by unusual bugs, extreme weather events like hurricanes, 
Okay. All right. So I'm not okay. In my situation, have I ever had issues with getting food? Yes, I have. But I was in heavy debt. I wasn't making necessarily enough money to offset that huge debt. But I worked my way out of it and I just became very clever about making that problem go uh, lessen or fix itself. All right. I've always no matter what, I've always made made an effort to make sure I had plenty of calories and food in my body to eat every single day. Whether I had a home or I was sleeping in my car or on a park bench. I made it work. Never had to go to um I never had to go to a soup kitchen. I never had to go to a food bank. Uh, sometimes I would have people take me out to dinner or something like that. I wouldn't make them, but you know, if, if food was offered to me, I'd take it. But I never had to go that route where I re- rely on the state or the town to feed me. Never had to go that route. I was always smart enough to make sure that I could get food in my stomach. Now we're talking about me. This is this. Article is titled, How Hard Is It to Feed a Family of Four These Days? All right. Family of four. So if you got a family of four, you have two people in the house that are probably working or should be working. Okay. So if you got two people in the house working, you should be able to t- you should be able to feed every single person in that house regardless. Otherwise, don't have fucking kids. And if you're one person in the house who can't afford to feed those four kids... Maybe you should have your kids taken away from you and put somewhere where they can be fed. All right. What did you do to fucking have three or four kids to begin with? And now all of a sudden you're the only one in that house, according to this article, feeding those kids. Not only can you cannot feed the kids, but you're going to be working or doing whatever and you can't see the kids. Do you have any family you can you can rely on to take help them out with you, help you out with that situation? If it's that hard to feed them, the probably the onus is on you to make those determinations beforehand. If there's two people in the house, they should be able to feed their kids. It's not worse from the turn of the century, okay? No matter how bad it was, okay, the, the you should be able to take care of your kids. You should be able to feed that family of four. And okay, I'll tell you something else. It's not difficult. Everybody in hard times... Hard, in the hardest of times, some of the greatest methods of cooking were invented. In the Depression era, the 1930s, when the stock market collapsed, there's an, uh, there is a method of cooking called Depression-style cooking, and that was passed on from my mother and my father to me. Now, were they there? No, of course not. That means my dad would have been born in 1931, but he wasn't learning to cook back then. My dad was born in just before the fucking Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. My mother wasn't born until almost 1950. But their parents were lived through the Depression era. And that type of cooking where whatever you could whatever you have was put together, the minimal ingredients used to create the most flavorful dishes was invented. And that necessity invented one of the greatest styles of cooking ever. Okay, and when you think about it, the greatest styles of food, Mexican food, Italian food is peasant. It's peasant cooking. Okay, you can buy a $15 plate of something called pasta puttanesca, whore's pasta. It's the leftovers. Basically, it's whatever's left. They gave it to the whore in the barn. It's leftovers. It's whatever's left over. Ragu sauces. It's whatever you got in the fridge. You take it, you dump it in the sauce, you make a soup out of it. The drippings from the food, the, the meats that you cook, the vegetables that you drain out, the fats that you have left over, you put those in your freezer and you make a brodo or a sugo out of it. It's soup broth. You don't have to go and spend that three, four dollars at the freaking store to get factory broth. You, go, you already have it from the food that you already cooked to make more flavorful dishes. It's the fact that you're throwing shit out and you don't know how to Take the stuff that you already have and utilize the fuck out of it. Or maybe because you're going and spending too much money at Ikea. Or you don't know how to, you're just, you don't know how to use the, the shit that you already have or the money that you're making properly. And if you don't know how to do that, why should you be fucking worrying about how to feed a whole family of four? If you don't know how to feed yourself, why should you be going out there and spreading kilts to create a family of four to begin with? 
it's it's all there. Okay, there's a reason why this is called the Spare Parts Studio. It was shit I already had. Shit that was given to me. Okay, or stuff that I've just taken care of over an extended period of time. There's only one thing in this studio that doesn't really work up to my standards. Okay, one thing. But everything else works perfectly fine. Everything else is stuff that I've taken care of or made do or have gotten samples of. And in the kitchen, it's the same thing. And it works really well. Okay? But you, the idea of this feeding a family of four, we've got so, we waste so much stuff. And I'm not talking about hoarding every single thing that you have. Granted, do I have a little bit of a hoarding issue? A little bit. But if there's a place or a decoration or a thing for it, there's there's a certain style or whatever, you know. Or if it's something that you can use later. I used to be made fun of for the, the fact that I would freeze almost everything. Whether it was bones or broth or pork fat. Well, guess what? You know, I make some of the best soups. All right, I have a huge freaking pot that I just, I make these giant like double bubble toil and trouble fucking size soup things you know and i make so much of it i'm able to give it out to the community you know my my community friends that is and it allows me and by doing that by being smart with what i already have why are you throwing it out who put that idea in your head that once you're done with it you can throw it out that's 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 poor that's that's poor parenting that's poor parenting that's poor that's poor life management on your part so how hard is it to feed a family of four these days? It must be really hard when your fucking environment is full of stupid people. So my advice to you is stop making stupid kids. Stop listening to stupid people. Therefore, you'll stop doing stupid shit. I mean, that this plays really well into the other article that I have about Carlsberg wanting to make uh, paper beer. You know, they want to sell your beer, not paper beer, but sell your beer in a paper bottle. So obviously, if you're, this is recycled stuff. They're using probably recycled paper product to, to make you a beer. Using the, the shit from the environment that we already have. Less waste. Okay? Less waste is better for the environment. You, get the, you still get the product that you want. And you'll have some stuff left over. It's not hard to make a, an absolutely delicious soup with shit that you already have lying around. If you can't afford to make tomatoes or beans or, or mint or scallions, why don't you just grow? I mean, if you've got some square footage in your backyard, grow it. If you can't afford to buy canned beans, buy them in a bag and soak them overnight. Okay? Car... Uh, and carbs are not expensive. You don't need to be going out and spending fucking Cheerios. And your kids are complaining about the fact that they're not getting this, the, the, this, this, what do you call it? The cereals that they want, don't get them that. Your kids shouldn't be complaining. And they will because kids complain anyways. But don't give them this, don't bend it, don't give in to them. Okay? They're going to appreciate that food a hell of a lot more. Food is fucking cheap. I don't want to hear it. Good food is cheap. Fruit is cheap, pasta is cheap, rice is cheap. Uh, you can find cheap meats if you're smart. Granted, it's more likely going to be factory farmed meat. But if you're smart enough and you freeze everything, there are there is you can do it. Factory eggs are cheap, so there's a lot. There is a lot of nutrients out there for growing kids. Coffee, good coffee, is inexpensive. Cafe Bustelo at Aldi's is like three bucks. Okay, fair trade coffee is around $3. You can get good coffee for a little money so you can have that little vice. Wine is getting cheaper. You can buy a, a, a bottle of blended California red wine for like $9, $10, hell, $7 or $8. So you can have your little fix. Okay, it's, it's, not, it's not hard. You just have to be devoted to the idea that if you have a family... That you will provide for them and you will spend time with them and that you will feed them properly. I mean, the look on your the look on somebody's face when they can taste the effort that you put into a plate of food. There's something magical that there. Okay. 
the effort that you put into something, instead of just passing off a soda to them or a, a fucking bag of ramen, and yet a bag of ramen you can do so much with. That's where there's a lot you can do. I remember in college, I didn't have a lot. I didn't have any money. I had a credit card. That's all I had. I didn't, I didn't have a job. I quit my job at Sears like two months in. Just fucking walked out. I didn't have much money, but we had we. Ever, I mean, that place was Ramen Noodle Central. But we can take that. We can take just that, and we add like frozen vegetables and some leftover meat, and we put it in there. We make this big thing of ramen, and next thing you know, you've got the soup with all this actual nutrients in there. So you're actually not just eating plastic. Flavoring flavoring food is easy. You know, ramen noodle packets are cheap. Salt is inexpensive. Oregano is nothing. So it's, there's just so many ways of looking at it without saying, oh, it's just so hard. Life is so hard. I should just quit it. I know I'm getting, I'm on like a soapbox here, but this article just kind of makes it seem like things are going to get harder for you. Things are always going to be hard. That's what fucking life is. Life is fucking hard. Okay? It's your job to nut up and deal with it. So do yourself a favor. Don't stop reading about how shit is going to be hard, harder for you. So you should get more handouts or you should just, you should stress about it. Put more effort into it. Take it as a challenge. If things are going to get harder, if it's going to become more of an uphill battle for you, well, fucking roll up your sleeves, get in there and see how you can tackle the problem. So when things actually do start to get easier, you cruise down the hill. And to you, it's like, that shit was nothing, man. I remember when my little, my little fucking Nathan was two and a half and, blah, 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 and it's like, I had nothing, I had food on the table every night, and blah, 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 and my, you know, and I'm not buying it, I, I'm, I'm not buying it, I know there's in, inequality, but that's life, okay, not everybody's gonna be the two, the super duper grand prize winner, okay, but it's just, this, this article kind of just gives people more reason to complain, I get that there's some factual things here. There are neighborhoods where it's harder to get better food, that it's a little harder to get access to things. Yeah, I get that. But there are underlying factors to a lot of those things. The climate change one, I totally get it. All right. But the fact of the matter is, okay, I'm in an area where there's a million grocery stores. You have access to all kinds of food. And the idea that there's so many shitty products that they're putting on the shelves, maybe if they made an effort to buy less shitty products and make less shitty products and invest more of their shelving space in good products, good canned foods, good vegetables, good shit in general, if you invest, if your store is more invested in stuff that's going to make a family better, maybe you can bring the prices down. It'll offset overall. I don't know. It's just a thought. If you spend less money in shitty stuff, you'll have more money for good stuff. I, I don't know. Is there something there? Let me know. Send me an email. Hit me up at positivesarcasmandoutlook.com. I'm, I'm, I'm whatever. We're done for the day. So anyways, we reviewed it. You can go back. I, uh, coffee, um, you know, the, what is it? Desserts that go good with coffee. Uh, coffees that I'm going to be buying in the next couple of weeks. Uh, shout out to Laird Hamilton's uh, Superfood. Go to LairdSuperfood.com. This organic coffee. This is this is good coffee. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, we are at an hour and three minutes. I don't know how I made it to this pod. You know, sometimes I go through these podcasts. I go, how the fuck did I make it through that episode? You know, I have to admit, the only reason I'm able to get through these episodes now, the only reason I'm able to get through an hour on here I don't know who's listening. I don't know who's watching. I don't know who's downloading and subscribing or whatever. You know, putting myself out there on these open mic nights basically every week on these on these platforms, making myself look like an idiot. The only reason I'm getting through it is because I'm writing this shit down every week, researching these articles, going through these Q&As, people asking me questions, me researching it, you know. So I have to – that's the only reason. That is the, the real – Big reason why I'm getting through these episodes every single week, one hour, is because I write shit down. All of you do yourself a favor. Go get a notebook. Write shit down every single day. Whatever it is. And I guarantee you it's going to make your life a hell of a lot easier. And that's why we have that's why we have grocery lists. But I think I think we're done for the day. I think I've exhausted this my my audience to its full fullest capacity. Uh, so 
I'd like to thank you guys for listening, watching, and subscribing. I will talk to you all next week. You can find me on iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, or iTunes, whatever. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, uh, Podcast Addict. I'm on all the platforms. Find me on, on social media, as I said earlier, at positive underscore sarcasm. On Instagram, facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Send me any questions or comments. You can go to my YouTube channel. Check out all my videos from the past two, three years. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, of course. If you have questions or comments, go to my uh, my positive sarcasm.com. If you need posing music, I put some new posing music up this week. I got some other ideas I've been working on. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of shit there that you can go and check out. Just go to positive sarcasm.com. You can also live you can also listen to my podcast there as well. So uh, we are at an hour and five. Let me put this thing over here so I can say thank you and goodbye to my audience. Uh, thank you to all the new subscribers as well. I really, really appreciate it. But until then, thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. Streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.